What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Around the Campfire podcast. We've uh, personally, I think, taken a hiatus um, because we pre-recorded a couple things, so this this feels pretty different for us. It's the first time I've seen Seth's face in a while. He uh, he was on a little trip. Not one of the dream trips, but no. just a trip. Yeah, um, I mean, it was a dream. Yeah. But not one of the dream trips. I think it would have been a dream trip if, um, I think, maybe... If if you would have been there, yeah, yeah, thank you. I, yeah, you were really for sure. You were picking up what I was putting down. Yeah, but what I was actually putting down was some beer, mm-hmm. which we'll get to later. Um, first off, I want to talk about some of the fruit I bought, um, brought, bought. But is there anything you want to just mention quickly about your trip before we dive in? Or yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I just got back from Mexico. Um, I was down there for a week at a resort. With some friends and family, um, super fun. When I did, we did our honeymoon at an all-inclusive. Um, me and my wife Maddie, we said this is really fun. We should do this again sometime, but we should do it with our friends because it'd be really fun. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we did. So I went down as my siblings, so two sisters and their husbands, and then some of their friends, and then my cousin, and we. Oh wow! There's way more of you. Oh yeah, there's thought, four, fourteen of us. Dang. Yeah, and so like when I was on my honeymoon, it was kind of like you'd go down, and we'd like make friends while we're down there because you like as Always. much as I love you know spending time with Maddie, um, you're like want to talk to other people and other couples and stuff. Always, I think that's the the, the yeah. blast and the beauty of it. Yeah. Well, this time we were like, there's already 14 of us, and so I didn't make a lot of new friends. So like when it was when you when you were at the pool, it was probably just like you. Yeah, your uh, party was owning the yeah, pool. Yeah, it was much, like right? we pretty much would move in and and take over, and it, it was a huge resort. It's like two miles long along the, the beach, it. and yeah, and <laughs> like a bunch of pools and stuff. But I don't know if they just weren't very full or what. But like we pretty much had our own pool every single day. That's pretty nice. Yeah, um, because um, I can see Paul's location um, because <laughs> you know we're best friends, and so naturally. Um, you guys looked like you were inland or on the mainland from Cozumel. Yes. Yeah, we were in Rivera Maya. Yeah. Um, okay. Riviera Maya. Yeah. And so, yeah. as far as I know, can't just it was Cancun. I was in Cancun. Right. That's probably not actually where we were, but close enough. Yeah, not at all. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we flew into Cancun, and it was like twenty minutes from there. So I was like, "Yeah, Cancun." Yeah, pretty much. But all inclusives are great. I think sometimes there's a pressure to feel like you have to be active or have to like do something during a, a vacation, and I've had a lot of those lately. So it was nice to just. I literally was in the water eight hours a day. I mean, it was so hot down there. So I literally I found a pool noodle. So you were pruned i literally i my hands looked 84 years old um well naturally yeah yeah it was uh it looked about 67 normally (laughs) right so really i didn't add that many years but um no it was super fun uh you know all the food you could eat ordered room service you know at midnight some nights just because i could yeah you're looking like you added a couple i did i did add a couple of pounds (laughs) i'm just kidding that's okay um i got all winter to work it off so, oh yeah, for sure, yeah, man. But, but good. I'm glad y'all. I'm glad y'all had fun. Uh, all yeah. inclusives are definitely legit. Oh yeah, definitely recommend if you've never done it. Also, for sure, the snorkeling near where you were is pretty good off the coast of Cozumel. So I not exactly I where you were, but snorkeling, and that's 
maybe my only regret is I do love snorkeling. Snorkeling is but fun, man. I love it. I want to scuba dive. For sure. Eventually get my license there. Um, I'm so what do, we, some, what do we got here? Yeah, I'm holding some fruit. <laughs> can I? Uh, I can hand you one. Is, yeah, here we go. Okay. 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 It's what like are we a, looking at? It's, it looks like a, looks apple-ish. Um, it's, yeah, honestly, it's like a mini apple to me. A mini apple to mini you? Mini apple. Okay. Is this another guava? It's not. It's not a guava? Because <laughs> I feel like we've had so many guavas. If you would have been like, this is a mini guava, I would have believed you. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, yellow with some, you know, maroon markings. Almost looks like it's been scuffed up, but I think that's just the natural. Yeah. Natural of it. But Devin is telling me that we just pop these suckers in our mouths. Correct. Is that, so, that the truth? Yeah. I'll let you, there is a pit inside. So okay. So just, don't, don't bite with full force. Eat it like you would a cherry. Okay. It's not yeah. a cherry, but eat it like right. you would a cherry. And then I'll, you know, pop it in there and tell you. Maybe tell a little bit bigger than a cherry, but that's pretty good for size. Okay. Correct. Here we go. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> I do not like this. <laughs> Uh oh. No. Really? Really? Both. I'm not a fan. It tastes like. Wow, that is the that is a first. Um, I don't know if maybe these aren't ripe. It's not that it tastes bad. Like, it's not like the taste itself is gross. It just yeah, you pop it in your mouth. It's so it's like dry. The texture for me, it was like I was trying to swallow. Yeah, I'm going to hand him over the bowl because it's it's almost too hard to eat. Like, the idea of swallowing it down was too much for me. I needed I needed a spit bowl. Ugh. Yeah. Mm. It's, well. <laughs> and it's not the flavor. The flavor's fine. The flavor could I be need more, some of this, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, ow, I'm really upset. Um. Because these were going to be like an easy one to eat. You know? In, in the pictures, they do look more maroonish, yeah. brownish orange. Maybe so, pop those suckers in the fridge. Yeah. And let it, give them a few days and see. Yeah. Um, this is a jujube fruit. A jujube? Yeah, like J-U-J-U-B-E. Jujube. Jujube. Where do look, they um, come I from? I had to look it up. Um, the jujube... Or Chinese date mm. is the most important species of Ramnacaceae. Mm. Naturally, very important. I butchered that, but <laughs> uh, it's a large cosmopol- cosmopolitan family. is one of the oldest cultivated fruit trees in the world. Mm. Um, it originates from the middle and lower reaches of the Yellow River, the Mother River, as I'm holding up air quotes, of the Chinese people. Okay. Yeah. Is it used for something, do we know? Or I'm not sure, but just... it says, when ripe, the fruits are solid red. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be like going and just eating uh, apple that in, uh, like, April. <laughs> and look almost like dates, but with an apple taste. Huh. So these are definitely not Definitely ripe. not ripe. You had the more ripe one, honestly. Yours it, was a little bit more orange. Didn't matter. <laughs> no. It was, the te- it, again, it, it was just the texture yeah was so, so obviously maybe ne- honestly just leave those on the counter and then next week bring it back and we'll give it a second chance i'm actually really upset because i had this awesome fruit that went bad before we oh, could record tragic. like i was so, don't tell me what it is cause... i'm not I, I don't even remember the name but i just remember i bought it 
I didn't even try it because I was like, I can't try this without Seth. Yeah. And oh, I was like, no. I cannot wait to see him try to explain this. Because um, <laughs> that's such a bummer that uh... legitimately, I don't think you could have described it any other than the fact it was a dragon egg. Just a dragon egg? Straight up. Okay. It was a dragon egg. It was a big green dragon egg with scales. Yeah, just But it wasn't this. a dragon fruit. Um, I, d- I don't know if I was expecting cherry when I bit into that, but that was the opposite of a cherry. Yeah, I was expecting something <coughs> apple because when I looked it up, it was like, hey, kind of with an apple taste, and you can just yeah. eat the whole thing kind of like an apple. Um, and then it it was like... um. Like a chocolate from Halloween 2004. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That just like, it, but you're eating it in 2021. Right. And it's just yep. like so dry and yeah. crumb. You're like. Oh. It was, it was, I couldn't have swallowed it. Yeah, me neither. I couldn't have even have sorted the pit out. It was that bad. Yeah. All uh, right. Even, well, yeah. next week, maybe our jujubes will I, be. Right. I don't even want to review it yet. No, I don't think it's I, fair. It's not, it's not fair. So at we'll this, try jujubes again this, along with another fruit. Yeah. At this point, the only thing it's going to sc- score high on is. Ability to eat it on a bus or a train. Exactly. Very high. Yeah, you just toss them in your I mouth. I could put one in my pocket. Exactly. But in maybe terms you of should. everything else, yeah, maybe it'll ripen up in there. <laughs> Later tonight, um, you're like, oh, yeah, I got this jujube. And it's just perfectly reddish brown in your pocket. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Well, we do have some beer to wash down the jujubes. Um, yeah, I, I already little. took a sip of it. Yeah, me too. We needed to wash down the jujube. Right. Yeah, that was like an old dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have rather chewed through an entire old dictionary. Like an old phone <laughs> That's book. That's a great way to describe it. <laughs> Almost like musty. Yes. Like it's been closed for a long time. Well, we have here. Um, a very local brewery, actually. A local, very local. Yeah, we have a pumpkin tart, tart pumpkin ale um, from brewery. Now, you'll have to correct me on this because I always say it wrong. And I'm even conscious that I'm going to say it wrong, and I'm probably still going to say it wrong. Is it Brewery Vivant or Brewery Vivant? Because it's I Brewery think, Vivant. I think it should be Vivant. No, it's Brewery Vivant. That's what they tell me, um, but I I screw it up every single time. Yeah, right, uh, <coughs> right over near East Grand Rapids. Yeah, it's made with real pumpkin and spices, then blended with sour ale. This is not your typical pumpkin ale. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good. Me and Devin both aren't pumpkin fans, but since it is spooky season, I mean, if PSLs are getting sold, yep, we might as well. We be might drinking. as well. So I saw pumpkin and I, I threw it in the cart because I'm a sucker for Halloween. And seven point one percent, so something to get out of bed for. Right, that's what they say. Yeah, yeah. not too bad. It's actually it's, it's, very yeah. mild it's, on the pumpkin. It's, I was gonna say it's not super pumpkiny. It's more of like a sour with a hint of spice. A hint of spice. Something nice. Um. Yeah, well, today um, we're, we're talking the, about dream trips. We're talking about dream <laughs> trips again, round three. Um, Just kidding. <laughs> no, we were. Um, I I have a another trip that I wanted to talk about. Not a dream trip, a trip that I just took. So I was just going to give some highlights on uh, a salmon fishing trip I took, uh, but right I before actually, I went to Mexico. Yeah, I actually know nothing really about this. Yeah. So I'll give you some because highlights you, on that. You took that trip and immediately left. Yeah, literally. I've been... And I was stuck in the States. Sprinting a marathon here. Um, not that I'm complaining because I literally went fishing and then went to Mexico. Um, but yeah, then after that, we're going to do a little bit of talk about hunting. So for those of you who are hunters know that bow season just opened up. Um, for those of you who don't know, bow season just opened up. 
and as well as a lot of other seasons. Uh, I know a lot of the elk hunts out west started, um, turkey hunting, duck hunting, all of that. It's kind of kicked off right around this time of year. Uh, so we thought it'd be a good time to, to do a little bit of talking about that and kind of some of the barriers of, of entry to hunting and some of the, the traditions that go with it and different types and things like that. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Real quick before we start, what what is hunting? Hunting. Um, I would say it is the, well, in this context, it is the pursuit of an animal for the purpose of food. Okay. That is how I'm defining it for this episode. Because you could also. You could also what? You could also define it as like I'm hunting for a job. Job. But like. Right. That would just be pursuit. Pursuing. But yeah. But before all that, I almost forgot. We have a gift. What? And it has been sitting on my table for like two weeks now because I was gone and all that. Um, and it's a gift from a listener. And last time you said, wait for me to open it. So I have not opened it. Well, it's only fair. I mean, it's, I've felt it just putting it onto this table, but I haven't opened it or noted it. So without further ado, let's, let's crack into this. Let's get to it. It comes from, um, like I said, a listener, but, um, that listener again happens to be my mother-in-law. So thank you, um, Kathy camps for yet another gift. So we're going to open it up, and we have here, <clears throat> it is, I'm going to describe this because uh, <laughs> this is a podcast, you can't see it, and I really wish you could. We have, I'm going to start at the bottom. We have a nice wooden handle. Nope, no, no, sorry, sorry. That. We have a nice leather wrist strap on the bottom that then Leads goes, into. yep, uh, a bear print um, that is carved into the bottom of a nice wooden handle. Is it wood? Is it real wood, or um, you know, does it, it might be a? It feels like, uh, like it's molded. Molded. Okay, so yeah. sort of molded, fake Fits wooden handle, hand. and a nice firm grip real on it. Real nice. And then it has a, a rod coming out of it. Nice long rod. Metal. Metal. Um, going to what could be only described as a, a bear paw. Um, without question without question a bear paw i'm pretty sure this is a back scratcher as devin scratches my back here from across the table he's got a nice like five foot reach with his arm that is a back scratcher that is a look at the size of those claws yeah those those are nice i don't think those are to size i think they're even bigger in real life how does it feel getting those scratches dude this is this is quite fantastic oh yeah if only i could get a bear to do this in real life without absolutely murdering me <laughs> just without digging into the front of your chest with his claws <laughs> through your back yeah actually i got a little scratch here can i can i see that you got a little itch i think oh yeah i gotta scratch my itch yeah yeah oh it's you know my my i don't know if it's because i saw this was a back scratcher but my itch happened to come right when we pulled this out so that was perfect timing before i unsheathed it. <laughs> So now one more, um, add this to the list of around the campfire, uh, um, I don't know, must haves yeah. for us. Cause I now must have this and uh, we got a back scratcher. This so, is incredible. It's exciting. Thank you again. Not to, to be outdone. Kathy. <clears throat> yeah. My mother-in-law, um, always thinking about us. We appreciate it. I love um, it. I love it. I love and we it. got one it. more thing here. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and open this. Um, and we have here, Devin, you want to describe this? Yeah, one? I'll, I'll describe this one. <clears throat> um, 
So we have a small tin um, footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're familiar with camping or tent camping, you know that a footprint is kind of what you put on the ground beforehand. So we have a small tin green footprint. Um, and then on top of that, we have an old school looking canvas tent um, with a small um, fire and a bucket. So yeah. it is, it's like a scene. It's like a camping scene. Um, we'll post something on the Instagram. Yeah. But it's a small canvas tent on top of a, a green footprint with a bucket and a fire. And if you're asking me, Seth, that fire's a little too close to the canvas. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Like you're definitely gonna, the wind blows close. the wrong way. Yeah, canvas tents going up in smoke. I've seen that on alone a couple of times. Yeah. You don't want to make that mistake. I, I love it. I think this is a Christmas or, ornament. An ornament. Yeah, yeah, it's an ornament. Yes. Put this on the tree, which is it's super cute. It is very that. adorable. So holiday I mean, somebody told me actually this week. And it's real canvas. Oh yeah. This is legit. Um and speaking of Christmas tree ornament, somebody told me this week that we are like six weeks away. Actually, it was Paul. I think it was Paul. We're six weeks away from Thanksgiving. And if that doesn't make you want to throw up, I don't know what will. That is way too close for me. Yes. So, and that means once Thanksgiving hits, it's Christmas. Yeah. It is straight up Christmas. So I mean, yeah. just go to any grocery store right now. Um, and it's Halloween stuff oh, yeah. and Thanksgiving stuff. Yep. And it'll be down before Thanksgiving's even here. And we're going to be at Christmas before we know it. And Black Friday sales started last week. so And then and then it's 2022. You know what? I was thinking about this the other day. If we are in a simulation, I think they, um, they forward through the summer and fall. And then they make us play out in real time the winter because it's so much slower. Yeah. It's like June through December fly. And then February's a year itself. And then March is another year. See, for me, I take take trips um, in Hmm. February and March out west to go snowboarding. Gotcha. So those... Those months actually fly by for me. Yeah. Yeah. That would be nice. I'm I'm my busiest at work in those months um, at the car wash. I believe it. And I take all my vacations in August and September because that's when we're the slowest. So I now have all the vacations out of the way, and now it's just grind it out until next summer. Until yeah. I bring you to a mountain and we go snowboarding. Yeah, that's true. Which will be fun. I'm excited for that. Then- I can't wait. You know what we should do when mm. springtime comes, speaking of hunting, is go, like, duck hunting. Yeah. I want to do a turkey hunt this spring as well. It's on my bucket list because okay. I've heard they're really fun. Um, Yeah. Well, we'll get in hunting, hunt, hunting, hunting, fishing, <laughs> loving every day here in a second. Um, hunting fishing. Talk I was just going to, yeah, quickly recap my salmon fishing trip. Please do. So I, I've been itching. Yeah. Oh, here. I have a scratch for that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I went up to the UP with some buddies. Uh, my friend Johnny invited me. Um, we went up and did some salmon fishing right on Lake Huron. Uh, I won't give you the exact spot because it's not my spot to give away. Um, but it's just north of the bridge. You can actually see the bridge from the spot. And we're 
could see the sunrise, could see the sunset. It was super beautiful. Um, and we just, we get up early before the sunrise, we'd fish till the sun came out and was, it was warm out. Then we'd go back, take a nap, make some breakfast, whatever, hang out. And then we'd go back out around five or 6 PM and fish until 10, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Did you catch a lot? Um, are you asking me or are you asking you for the group? Yeah, you personally. <laughs> I caught one. Um, on the last day, at pretty much the last moment that it was going to be possible to catch fish, <laughs> but I did catch one. Was it a keeper? It was, and it was actually really, it was the smallest fish that we'd caught all, all weekend, <laughs> but the bright side of that is um, this when they get really big, they start turning, instead of being like that bright orangey pink, they start turning to a more like muted pink, and they don't taste as good. Um, which was most of the fish that all of the fish that we had caught so far that they were, had caught that <laughs> that we as a group had caught um, looked like that, which we had. I think we each went home with three big freezer bags full of salmon meat, so gallon freezer bags. I'm so, so jealous, like fifteen to twenty pounds. Um, and then I got to bring home my individual fish as well, which was like bright orange, right? Delicious looking. It was delicious. I grilled it up. Um, you should have made sushi with it. Yeah, I still have. Well, no, I don't still have some. Um, we just grilled it. I didn't like. I didn't know, and I didn't want to screw it up, and so I was just nervous. But it was so good, and the fishing was so much fun. Like we basically waded out into Lake Huron, like chest deep, and then just fished from there. And there was six of us, but there was like ten to fifteen people out there at any given point and just all fishing and when someone would get a fish on it would literally like head back out into the bay and run for like 150 yards like just like pull all of your line out of your spool uh, or your reel and like they would fight some people would fight for like 20 minutes and then finally and a lot of them get lost like you just can't get them in um and i hooked into like three or four and then like they jump out of the air like three foot sometimes and you lose them. Out of the water into the air. Well, yeah. 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 I guess that's one way of putting it. I've heard it both ways. Uh, (laughs) I'm just giving you crap, man. (laughs) Um, But yeah, jump into the air and, and it was kind of difficult to know, like I'm not a great fisherman. um, And I pretty much was watching everyone around me catch fish nonstop, not nonstop, but a lot more fish. And so, I was a little bit nervous there for a while because it was looking like I wasn't going to catch a fish. And to be the only one that goes on a, a trip and doesn't catch a fish, you're going to get made fun of for a while. Years it's hum- later. It's humbling, though. Even even if the next year I caught the most fish, they're still going to make fun of me for that year I didn't catch a fish. So it's I was like happy to hook football. into one. Yeah, exactly. You, lo- you lose mm-hmm. or you go like, you know, Owen. Yep. What, you 16? Gotta, yeah. You um, got to. You can never make it back up. You got to so. win. You gotta get, you gotta hook at least one fish, and so I did, and it was super fun. I already want to go back next year. Um, one thing is one of my favorite things. I prefer I, it over hunting. Actually, I want to get into fishing really bad, and I've done a little bit. I've done a fair amount, but um, it's just such a good summer activity, and there's so oh, many different ways you can do it. It's from, a great winter activity too. True, true. Um, but I, Johnny was the guy who invited me, and he's been doing this. This was his third year. And I think the first year, him and his cousin, 
Matt, who was also up there, they went up and I don't think they caught a fish or they might have caught one. And then last year, I think they got a couple. And then this year, they, they got it figured them. out. And this was my first year. And so I kind of feel like I jumped like three or four years worth of knowledge because I went with people who knew what they were doing, which was huge. Because if I went out there by myself, I, I can almost guarantee I would not have caught a fish. I mean, I barely caught one as it is with professional advice. So Right. So were they were they helping you with your line set up and your yeah. rigs and stuff like oh, that? Oh, yeah. I um, would screw something up, and then Johnny would come over and fix it. He was like my dad out there. He would he would come fix it, and I um, would say thanks, and then I'd get it. Well, a lot of the time you're fishing in the dark. Yeah. And so you can't see anything. And so all of a sudden you turn your headlamp on and look down and you got a rat's nest on your reel and it's like, son of a gun. And so you'd have to like spend 20 minutes of, and you only have so much valuable fishing time. Exactly. So the, the last morning I went out early, everyone else was still sleeping past like when we said we were going to go out and I was like, well, I'm the only one without a fish. I got to get my ass out there and catch a fish. And so I went out there, and I'm not kidding you, every minute and a half, I had fish jumping within 10 feet of me. I mean, they're everywhere. Just oh, yeah, they're hungry. So loud, and I could not catch one of those suckers. And it's, like, so irritating because it's like, I know you're there. I'm using the it's, same setup that everyone else is using. I'm doing the same thing everyone else is doing, and I am not, well, clearly not. But And I'm not catching a fish. It's honestly one of the most demoralizing things. Yeah. Um, when everyone around you uh, is catching fish you're using the same setup and then or maybe you're using a different setup and then you're like i'm gonna switch it up i'm gonna use the setup they're using and then you don't catch anything no. and they switch their setup yep. to what you had mm-hmm. and they start catching stuff and Ugh. it's just like a never-ending battle like a yep. slippery slope you cannot climb it no nope. and you gotta like resist the urge to like chase fish whether it be with your lure or with like Oh, they just caught one over here. I'm going to go over there. It just never works that way. Can't do it. Can't chase fish. So like when you finally, when you finally hooked yours, did you like name it? Were you like, this is. I didn't. I was so giddy though. I was jumping for joy. But the funny thing is since my fish was so small, like most of the other ones, they put up a decent fight. Like people were working on them for a while. I literally reeled for like 10 seconds and then it came in as if the fish was dead. Like, honestly, my buddy was like, he's like, did you just buy a fish from Meyer and come throw it on your hook and cast it out there? Because this thing is dead. And I was like, no, but I wouldn't be above that because <laughs> so, yeah, no, it, it didn't even put up that good of a fight, but I just was so exhilarated. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my mistake, I, I had somebody with an Android take my picture. And so it's like the blurriest picture that's ever existed. I should have known. Can I see it? Yeah, well, we'll post it as well. Um, I want to see this thing. It <clears throat> was is. It a, um, did you guys catch any uh, any trout? No, only salmon. Only salmon. Nice mm-hmm. little salmon hole. Then yeah, it's like right on the inlet into a river. Okay, what kind of salmon were you guys catching? King. Okay, I figured as much. So, here's the picture. Oh, wow, that is a terrible picture. Yeah, it's not good. You but, I mean, swipe. that's still a great fish. Yeah, oh, yeah, beautiful fish. You can swipe a couple of times. Um, Look at you. This is this is my favorite part of the picture. Without knowing, you at least look the part. Yeah. You you <laughs> look like someone who knows what they're doing. Um, Don't be fooled. You got, like, a, a nice little hat on. I think a vest. It looks like you have a vest on. It's prob- probable. 
Yeah. Um, waiters. Waiters. You got to have waiters. Like, just, you know, strolling by. Be like, wow, look at that guy. He's yeah. been fishing oh, for yeah. a while. Good fisherman. Yeah. At least I he could, looked I the could, part. I could fool you. And then you saw me tangle up my line, and then you'd be like, oh, no, he's not. No. And then I actually have a picture of it cooked, too. Oh, you blackened it a little bit? Yeah, I, I grilled it. Ooh. I got the recipe actually out of the meat eater. Um, it looks like you, uh, you got some rice and then Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Solid, well done. Hard to go wrong. Do you th- what, what was it? Some brown sugar, or did you throw some maple on there? No. Um, what was that? It was essentially just like your basic seasonings. Just like um, we rubbed Dijon mustard. I think I'm trying to remember now. It's been a week and a half, and I. That's not that much time, Seth. Well, it is when you spend a week in Mexico drinking tequila every day. <laughs> time tends to warp a little bit yeah, when you do that. Knocking back painkillers every day. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I'll I'll look at the recipe, but it was really good. Yeah, yeah, um, no, there's. I mean, salmon is very um, versatile, so you can do yeah. a lot with it. I remember one of my favorite recipes was um, hemp seed encrusted. So you'd hmm. you'd put a a, a, a heavy sear onto it uh, and get this crunch because the hemp seed would would almost um, uh, like blacken on it but then it would steam and cook the the fish on the inside that was really good too or like a maple brown sugar glaze is also delicious I think I'm going to smoke the rest of it oh please um, do and and then then share it with me and I for sure will share it with you just don't mess up the brine the brine is important when you go to um so all the Smoke salmon it. I've smoked, I've never brined it. Really? I've always just put on a lemon pepper and smoked it. Oh, dude, you got to do like a maple brown sugar glaze on it. Yeah, I'll have to try that for sure. We're definitely, I'll probably do a, duff, uh, I mean, I have two big bags full, so I'll probably do a couple different batches. And do you have a smoker? I do, but I don't think I want to use it um, just because it's, I'd, like you can't really regulate temperature very well on it and stuff. Um, and I really don't want to screw up this salmon. So I think I'm going to take it home. And one of my dad's friends has like a huge homemade smoker, um, that he offered that to smoke it for me. So I think even better. Yeah. Yeah. You can really mess it up so quick. Right. And I don't wish I was a good smoker Yeah, for fish. Obviously I've smoked in like a cook shack smoker. That's very easy to use. And I've done like brisket and salmon and pulled pork and stuff in it. And it's great. Um, but not on this smoker. So, yeah. But anyway, we should probably start talking about hunting a little bit. Sure. So, Devin, um, having grown up not hunting, um, as as you hear hunting, what's kind of the what comes into your mind as as your perspective on it? Yeah, I wouldn't say I, I grew up without hunting. Oh, okay. I just personally didn't do it, so I was around it right. a lot. My my uncle does it. My my cousin does it. My dad did when I was really young and then kind of stopped, but um, I've definitely shot animals before in, in, in terms of like red squirrels getting into mm-hmm. our roof or rodents and stuff like that. But like, I remember when I was really young and I got a new airsoft, well not airsoft, like a pellet gun, mm-hmm. um, and I accidentally shot a chickadee <laughs> in my mom's front garden and I was beside myself. Yeah. Absolutely bawling my eyes out. Um, I'm just like, man, I can't kill an animal. Like, I can hardly kill a chickadee. How am I going to kill a deer? <laughs> or Well, you're not going to eat a chickadee, though. So. Yeah, well, true, but, I mean, 
And, and I think yeah. that's the, I think that's the difference is now growing up, um, kind of the understanding, f- um, hunting for food or hunting, um, for more than amount or more than just a trophy, a, a trophy. Mm-hmm. I think I could probably do it. And being a long time listener of the meat eater podcast, I think, uh, like the, st- the sustainability of it. But I remember being like a kid and we had a, we had a huge, um, like post set up where you'd like ring up a deer, mm-hmm. train a, it. A buck pole. Yeah. Um, and like skid it and stuff. And I, I just <laughs> was like wide eyed, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. That is insane. I can't <laughs> do that. But, um, I mean, I've eaten like raw deer heart before and it's delicious. Mm-hmm. It's like a... I think they, some people call it like a, a tradition. Yeah. To, take a bite know, out of the heart. Yeah. Or the, or cooked heart is also d- delicious, but I, I grew up around hunting my, my uncle and my cousin, uh, the caribou hunt. Really? Every, every year just before Thanksgiving. Okay. Go up to Alaska or Canada. Quebec. Okay. Quebec. Yeah. That's cool. Sorry, burping. Um, also moose. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my my uncle, the same one that um, is in Spain right now, uh, got a moose, multiple multiple uh, caribou, and stuff like that. I think recently the most I've ever hunted though is duck hunting. Yeah, which is weird because you're going from killing a bird, a small right. chickadee, to killing a bird. Uh, but <clears throat> it's a lot easier, I guess. But duck duck meat's so good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, it man, is. it's delicious. So like, it's hard to beat. I love duck hunting, but I don't get me wrong. I think, given the opportunity, I'd love to go hunt like doll sheep or mm-hmm. or an elk or yeah. um, and like any type of like a mule deer or something Some like sort that. Of big game. Yeah, just like stock the freezer. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I think it's interesting that perspective um on like going from feeling like oh i couldn't I, I felt guilty when i shot a chickadee i could never shoot a bigger animal and I've, that's something i've said for a while is we assign value based on a couple of different things one size and two cuteness like yeah. i have no issue killing you know mosquito or small right. insects or spiders which yeah and it's weird because of, like I remember being a kid and ripping 50 bluegill out of my pond. Yeah. No, no questions no issue. asked. No questions asked. But a cute little bird. It, it's just interesting. And, I, you know, I'm the same way. Like, the idea of, you know, shooting a deer to me is, like, tradition. And it's it's a natural thing of a way of feeding myself off of the land. And, um, yes. But the idea of, like, going out and shooting, I don't know, a dog. Makes me want to throw up, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like, even, you know. Yes, I I agree. But like, I mean, seeing like a big fluffy deer, um, a living, breathing animal that is, you know, roughly the same size as you. A lot different, but I think there is more of an honor system. It's an honorable thing to um, like understand that that's going to feed you uh, and provide uh sustenance right um i think changes it up i mean the last time that hunting was in my life in any sort of caliber in terms of deer i was a little kid and seeing uh 
a gallon of blood. Yes. <laughs> it's it's a little bit shocking. Yes. So, like, you know, I, it's something I never really came back to because that was my only memory. Right. So, right. Um, I think, like, going back into it <clears throat> is more, um, I don't know, I guess... I, I would I, I think I would have an easier time now kind of understanding yeah. it and learning more. And you yeah, you have a little bit different appreciation probably and Exactly. Like I've we I, I used to live um about a half mile, maybe maybe, um, um away from a pig farm. Mm-hmm. And we used to go get pigs from there. And so I remember being in uh the front seat of uh my dad's like little truck that we had on the property. And then um, throwing a pig in the bed of the truck and then blasting it between the eyes. Yeah. And having no problem with it. Right. Because we were going home and we were going to have a... Right. And pork is yeah. food you eat. Exactly. We were going to... Yeah. We were going to go have a um, like a pig roast. Not not even blinking in. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have some really good food. Um, and that's not to say like I didn't also have like venison from friends that would be like, hey, like we hunted... We have extra here, some like mm-hmm. a pound of ground venison, or we had really um, a lot of property on my childhood home. So like we would invite people to come over and hunt, um, and like they'd be like, "Hey, thanks for hunting, yeah, or allowing me to hunt." Here's part of a backstrap and right. some ground, um, you know, some ground beef or ground venison. Sorry, mm-hmm. and like I had no problem eating it. So like I think it'd be something I'd revisit, but like, yeah. As a kid, it was like, whoa. Yeah. This is for sure. not what I'm used to, even though we'd buy like a half of a cow at a time and right. I'd go downstairs where my mom would be, hey, uh, go grab a couple steaks and some burgers and stuff. And <laughs> there'd be like all this butcher wrapped beef. Yeah. And, like I had no problem with that, right? Yeah. It's there's just, a, it's re- There's it's a disassociation weird. there. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. I kind of grew up around hunting my whole life. My dad um, does it, my uncle's all my dad's friends, my friends, pretty much everyone I knew, um, were big hunters. Um, and so to me, it was like a very normal, natural thing. Um, and so it was always instilled in me from a young age, like anything that you're willing to shoot and kill, you have to be willing to eat. So if you're going to shoot, you know, a bird, then you're, you're going to, dress it out you're gonna get the tiny little breast and you're gonna fry it up and you're gonna eat it because we're not gonna waste it you're not gonna take a life without and so i've always had kind of a an appreciation for animals kind of ingrained in me um and even like squirrels and stuff like if we went squirrel hunting did you go squirrel hunting oh yeah squirrel hunting rabbit hunting like um i've done rabbit hunting you you know take the the skin off you skin it you gut it you you know whatever and so to me, that's hunting. That's always been a, a primary part of hunting. But I've also right. I grew up with a lot of antlers hanging on the wall, and so there was a little bit of the trophy aspect in there, and there still is. Um, but it's more so a appreciation and an honoring, kind of like you said, rather than like a I am man conqueror <laughs> of all. You know the the food still gets eat, the meat gets eaten. Right. Um, it's. It's really weird, honestly, that, that you say that now because it's like we were like almost groomed to hunt, mm-hmm. even though we we really didn't like getting a gun, like a twenty two yeah. rifle when I was a little kid. 
of yeah. four, moving up skeet shooting 410 target shooting every day all the time yeah. and then just like that was it yeah that's interesting yeah and like we had antlers <coughs> up on the wall like elk antlers we have a moose antler set and <laughs> bulls and stuff like that yeah so it's not like i was like it like disassociated from hunting like, i was like yeah. immersed into it you just never did it yourself yeah that is interesting but i still took the days off in high school of course <laughs> of course you have to <laughs> i i counted down the days till i could go out hunting with my dad like i couldn't wait it was to me it's such a a memory like it has more nostalgia memory and tradition than anything else in it to me it's like i spent a lot of quality time with my dad doing that and like feeling like one of the guys like a lot of times as a kid you kind of feel like you're just tagging along especially when you're the youngest like i was but like during hunting season like i got to be a part of everything and i got to you know hear the the grown-ups talk and swear and drink beer and you know it was like almost like you were getting away with something now granted i was around my parents doing that all the time anyway yes yeah, um but like it was like you got to go to deer camp and be one of the guys and play cards and yeah it was always just such a fun nostalgic experience um and so now i've kind of gotten away from hunting a little bit um the last few years just in that i was in college and so i'm on a college campus with you know no hunting opportunities around me because i went to school far away from my dad and then i moved away to texas and colorado where hunting is totally different <clears throat> well yeah and <laughs> like texas is actually no um in my experience texas has a lot of hunting but it's people who do like land leases and they spend a lot of money to go hunt on a deer ranch it's fun i live right near a deer ranch yeah and and they do that but it's not like it is in the midwest with like deer camp and like even colorado like a ton of people go out elk hunting and stuff um but one it's really expensive compared to here um and also the culture is still just totally different like to here it's more about like after you shoot your deer, you call all the neighbors. They come check it out. Yeah, you drink probably a grill. Yeah, you drink a, a bunch out. of you know beer and you eat chili and it's it's like this whole thing. And and again, I I could be wrong on this from other people's experience, but in my experience, like talking to people who hunted in Oklahoma or Kansas or Texas, it's almost like sterile in that you like it's something they do. You go out, you kill your deer, you bring it home. You don't celebrate with friends. You, it's just like this yeah, weird think, thing. Yeah. I think if if we would have had a more traditional aspect to it, like if my dad would have continued to do it beyond the age of me being like a little, you know, five, yeah. six-year-old tyke, I think I probably would have got into it more. But the last time I ever remember my dad using the deer stand or like going out hunting was yeah. when I was that age. I think it would have been more of a, like a special opportunity if I was like – right you know 12 15 did your dad have a reason for stopping hunting or just something that i'm sure there is Hmm. i've never i never really asked i don't know if it's maybe like work schedule changed or it it mean it consumes a lot of time if you're going to go out and do it i mean yeah even outside of season you gotta scout you gotta set up deer stands you gotta you know had this deer stand it was really cool i remember um it was i remember reading the kid it was like stocked full of snacks (laughs) During a certain season, yeah. obviously, and I'd go out and 
take snacks from it. Right, naturally, as kids do. Yeah, but yeah. So huh. like, I think if if that if my experience would have been similar to yours, I think I, I, it would have been a very different outcome. Yeah, interesting. I'm sure. Um, this year, I'm excited. I'm been scouting public land all um, all summer, really, um, and I am gonna be hunting on an island. Um, so where it's in the Grand River. Um, it's a public land island, and you can only get two by kayak, or canoe, or boat, whatever. Um, <laughs> any sort of flotation device. Um, and so my plan is to kayak to it, and I have I know there's at least some deer that are walking this path, and so I'm gonna go out there and see. It'd be one the first animal I've ever taken on public land, and two, the only animal that I've killed where I really put in the work to get it. Um, I'm used to hunting like cornfields and bean fields um, yep. at home where you put up your stand and every night around the same time the deer come out and feed and every now and then a buck comes out in front of you and you, you shoot it when you see it. And, you know, that's kind of how it is. Uh-huh. You're not necessarily tracking their movement patterns. You're not tracking the yeah, rut. Spot and stock. Right. You're, right. Not, you're not doing that. So this will be more of a calculated thing. And I've never done anything really like this. How big is the island? So it's it's technically not an island. It's like three sides of it are marsh, like swamp that you can't navigate through. And then one side's the river. So I say island. I don't know like the, the size is that's where it's like questionable because I'm not kidding you. It is so thick on this island that you can't walk anywhere except for the path that the deer walk and you're like it's thorny it's bushy it's like literally you cannot walk through it and so i don't even know like how big the actual island is i know it's a few hundred acres for sure right um because it's fairly long but i don't know like the exact size of it that'll be pretty cool though yeah i'm excited it should be a good experience yeah so are you are you doing that come um gun season or are you doing it now i'm gonna hunt it here in the next week or so um so it's we're recording it's the fifth that you'll be hearing this on the sixth um i'm gonna probably go out hopefully this weekend or not this weekend but like this next weekend sorry the fifth so the The, 16th um that's like when ruts should really be going and weather should be cooled down um and so i'm gonna try to sneak out there then plus i'm borrowing a bow this year um to have because i just i don't want to buy a new one right now and i haven't shot a lot with it so i need to get some practice in um so i don't you know the last thing i want to do out is go out and wound an animal especially in how thick this brush is if it runs i'm not i'm not gonna be able to find it no, so, you gotta chase that down a bowie knife yeah yeah so i need i've been i'd expect nothing less slinging some arrows this past week and uh, i'm gonna keep that up and I'll, I'm going to try to document the whole thing um, and post it somewhere because well, I think. If you go out, I'll be your camera crew. Okay, <laughs> for sure. I'll give you a call. Yeah. Yeah. I got plenty of camo. We can make it work. Um, But, yeah, so that's that's what I'm doing this year. And then gun season, I'm planning on going back home to the east side of the state of Michigan um, and gun hunting there with how, my dad. How much are tags? 
honestly, I'm not sure. <clears throat> I did buy a tag and I bought like my fishing license, my base tag, and then a combo. Um, so it's two bucks or two does. Um, and I think it was like 90 bucks for all of that. So yeah, I don't know how it breaks down. Um, I could look it up, but if you figure for all the meat you're getting, assuming you actually get a deer, the price is good. You know, you also have to pay to get it processed if you're not going to do it yourself. You got to do it yourself. I'm going, I'm, I'm going to, or I'm going to recruit. I got a friend who does quite a few, um, of their friends. So I'm either going to. I'm probably going to get, yeah, I can, I, think, I can do it, but I'm not like very good at sorting through the different cuts and making sure I utilize everything. And so I'd like a little bit of guidance on yeah, that. Yeah. For fishing, I think <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts is, is like filleting and like dressing yeah. it all. And I think that would be actually fun with a, yeah with something that has multiple different cuts to it. So right. you have, you know, your back straps, your loin, your yep. You have your front your, shoulder. Your burger meat, you have your jerky meat, you have your steaks and exactly. your stew meat and your burger. I don't know if I said that, but you did. That's roasts. Okay. You got all that. And I think like that's part of the process, right? Like I've scouted the land. I've practiced shooting. I've I'm gonna go out and hopefully, God willing, actually take down an animal. Then I'm going to transport it back. I'm going to gut it. Well, I'll probably gut it first. Gut it, then transport it, then I'm gonna go through and cut up and then it's going to be, I'm going to vacuum seal it and put it in the freezer. And I know this is like a redundant to say like, obviously this is all that is involved, but like then when I take that package out of the freezer and I'm eating it, it's like I have been here for every step of this process. Yeah. Like I, from the start to finish, like this is me. And to me, that's really rewarding when you're going to sit down and eat food. Like, not only that, it's just like sustainable because that right. deer is going to last you for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like in Michigan, deer are so abundant that, I mean, they want you to take, I mean, you can buy almost unlimited doe tags this year because they thrive in this environment and they are doing really well. Yeah, there's so, no predators really. Yeah. And so taking these deer, it's not like, you know. It's more sustainable than any other way I could consume meat right now. Exactly. It's like kangaroos in Australia. Right. It was funny. This woman yelled at me the other day because I had blundstones, which is kangaroo leather. (laughs) She was, I don't know if I already said this, but. Yeah, you mentioned it to me, but I don't think you said it on the podcast. Yeah, she was like, how could you? And I was like, there's like more kangaroo per capita than than people. There's like they're like rats. They're like like They literally are everywhere. Yeah, and it's the same with deer. They're like, hey, we want you to hunt. Yeah. And it, it, I think I remember hearing it on the podcast, and we'll, we'll have to, you know, fact check this. So, Craig, just listen closely. Um, the number of hunters has actually dwindled yeah. over the past decade. And so, like, numbers of you know, deer population, at least in the Midwest, yep. are just skyrocketing. Yeah. yeah, and that, I mean, that leads to other issues. It leads to more deer getting hit by cars. It leads to more deer devastating crops i mean there's a lot of things if you don't keep a healthy balance not to mention like another thing that people don't think about who are anti-hunting is that most conservation projects are funded by hunters and fishermen and like it's not close like not even they 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 fund pretty much all of them all of your recreational activities yeah the fact that you and i like to backpack and the trails that we like to hike a lot of it funded. is funded by, yep, exactly. And so that's another thing is that, you know, I am very against poaching 
very against people taking animals and just cutting out the back straps and the the hindquarters and that. not getting the rest of the deer and wasting it or just taking the antlers like to me there's no bigger piece of trash but yes on the right. opposite end of that there's there's nothing better than somebody who goes out and, and kills a deer in fair fair chase meaning you know equal opportunity with for the deer to survive and you to get the deer you're not you know cheating right so so what is your take on someone that smokes a deer on the road calls the dnr and is like hey i I hit this deer it's dead can i take it absolutely i mean otherwise it's just going to waste and it sits on the road like yeah if there's somebody willing to take it and um process it and can decipher between what's good meat still and what's bad meat like why wouldn't we why wouldn't we consume that in my opinion yeah um I mean, I'm definitely not opposed to like <clears throat> trying to pull, even pull a tag. Probably gun season. Mm-hmm. Um, we should go out. I, I, I would. I would totally love to go because we have property <clears throat> that hasn't been hunted in. What are we doing? Years. Let's go. Yeah, let's and it, go. And it backs up to like a, a field marsh. Yeah. So, okay. You're just telling me this now. Yeah. It's October. And like, I would definitely be down to do it. I think. I think like a big uh, hurdle is like. I'm so far out of the game mm-hmm. and so far, um, like, I don't know how to dress a deer. Yep. I know how to shoot one. I know how to shoot a gun. Right. I know proper gun safety. I know proper etiquette to go out hunting. Like, I've gone hunting. Yeah. Just never with a gun. I was just right. always, like, with a buddy, with right? Some, yeah. So, I've never actually done, I've done, like, you know, seven-tenths of a hunt. Right. Just not the just not the last thirty percent. Yeah, that was actually something that was on my list to talk about. Is hunting? A lot of people say it's one of the hardest hobbies to get into. Yeah, it's it's like a high <clears throat> entry cost. Yeah, like most most hunters are not first generation hunters, and I think that's why you see the numbers dwindle because there's not a lot of new people getting into hunting. So unless your dad did it or your uncle did it, and they still do it and they take you with you, that tradition doesn't get passed down. And it's not like camping. Where you just, you know, you go buy a couple hundred dollars worth of stuff and you you go out. You know, you could do that, I guess, but people don't. And I, I think it's a little bit intimidating because until you've done it, you don't know what you don't know. And so <clears throat> that's an interesting thing. Um, so, yeah, let's go. Dude, let's, I'm, a, I'm let's, actually. Now you're telling me you got property that backs up to a marsh that no one's hunting. It's like, yeah, where, I, where is this again? Uh, about an hour and oh, from here because we're in Grand Haven, but from Grand Rapids, from my apartment, it is an hour and seven minutes away. Okay, which direction? It's in between Lansing and Battle Creek. Okay, uh, yeah, let's let's make that happen. I think I, I think it would be a really fun time. Yeah, no, it's hunting's a blast, and I and it's funny because I always have people that are like, "Hey, Devin, can uh, is your property being hunted this year? Like, can I hunt it? Can you ask your parents if I can hunt it?" Literally, someone asked me the other day. So much so that it's so recent that I have a text to my dad from a couple of days ago. Hey, I have a buddy that wants to bow hunt on the property. That'd be okay. So we got the meat. Yeah. Like that was four days, like three days ago. Sorry. Yeah. So like I not experienced enough with a bow. Definitely experienced enough with a shotgun. I have multiple shotguns. Yeah. Like I think it would be, a, I Let's think that it. would be a fun podcast i am by no means a hunting expert but i know enough 
to get in trouble. And so we can make this happen. Because mm, mm. <clears throat> also I have a pond on my property and we could just fish afterwards. There we go. We got like, the double whammy and then we'll yeah. go just record live. Yeah. Like, you know, we'll what? go out, we'll spend a day hunting and then we'll record. We could ask, we could actually have lapel mics on us. Like, <laughs> Mic'd up. Yeah. Be like, hey, uh, Seth. <laughs> I, got, I got eyes on a, I got eyes on a doe. It's about seventy five meters out. You see it? That's Just incredible. like chat the yeah, whole time yeah. and have it recorded. That'd be a blast. That'd be a blast. No, let's seriously, let's put some in the books. Yeah, could be our first like outing together because we've recorded this podcast. This is what the ninth episode, and we've still not had an outing the two of us. So, which is wild. Which is yeah. I think that would be a fun first one. Yeah, I agree. Let's do it. We could hit the, a couple What we about uh, fish at the same next time. weekend? Yeah. Like not this weekend, but next. Okay. You guys are hearing the makings of a hunting plan. Yeah. Live. Not live, but. Pretty much. Pretty because much. Because this is the closest re- we've right. recorded to. Like the, the podcast will launch in essentially 13 hours. Right. And speaking of which, just because I got to say something. Um, today is actually my anniversary. I know. Um, so it is my second year wedding anniversary. I'm sorry, Maddie. And I'm recording a podcast, but my loving wife um, is very understanding, so I'm very thankful for that. I am very thankful as well. Um, it's kind of like the only day we can make it work. Right, exactly. And so... Because someone had to go to Mexico. <laughs> my bad. Um, that was our anniversary trip, so that's why this can kind of slide. Um, but yeah, so happy anniversary to Maddie. Happy anniversary to you and Maddie. Well, yeah, but my wife, especially for being so loving and understanding. And, yeah. And supportive of this. Um, I didn't know this. I, October, October 5th. 5th. I'm going to have to put this in my calendar. Yep. Everyone uh, take note. Most important day of the year for me. So send me a text on the 4th to remind me. Um, <laughs> But yeah. What are we at here time-wise here, Devin? You know, uh, um, we still got plenty of time. Do we? Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Um. Well, we can get into more hunting. So we've kind of been talking about deer hunting mostly. Question, deer hunting, what do you hunt with? Um, 12 gauge, 20 gauge? Yep, I hunt with a Remington 870 Express 12 gauge shotgun. And I shoot buckshot. So a couple of different. No slugs? No slugs. Um, You're that bad of a shot, huh? No, I just, I mean, (laughs) it's effective. Um, Yeah, so for those of you out there that aren't hunters or aren't familiar, um, where we're located, you cannot hunt with rifles. Um, We're too, it's just a law. Too populated. Yeah, too populated and not enough forest cover. And honestly, I think that's mostly just an outdated law that makes no sense. Because most there's like most other places are you know populated pretty much just the same and what is it is it like everything south of Claire yeah it's something like that there's a line yeah. that divides it it's and, funny because we had a we had a gentleman stay with us um, over the course of a year that was helping my dad work and he was like baffled he was from Tennessee yeah and he like went and took a rifle out and we were like no 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 no, no. yeah you can't do that <laughs> you cannot do that yeah like if you take that anywhere you're going to jail yeah he's like what are you talking about yeah it's like, interesting. So you can only hunt with a shotgun or a bow where we're at. So shotguns, you have a couple of different options. Well, actually, the indicator is the sh- the casing yep. cannot narrow as it goes down to the bullet. It has to be, I don't, it has a name, like a straight shell or anyway, like a twenty-two shell when you look at it, it's all the tapered. same. Yeah, it can't be tapered. That's the word. Yes. Um, and so that's what signifies it. 
Um, and so we use shotguns primarily down here and you can either use a slug, which is one big piece of lead that you shoot out, or you can use buckshot, which is like six or eight pellets that are about the size of like an M&M. Yep. Um, that fly out in a, in a pattern towards the deer. Um, so my dad always shot buckshot. So I just shoot buckshot. Makes sense. Um, it's kind of like one of those things that runs in the family. Yeah. Just, like you were yep, saying. just a tradition that's passed down. I think it's just as effective, if not more effective than slugs. Every deer I've shot, um, I've dropped right there in its tracks and it didn't move. Um, that's actually very impressive to say yeah i mean like you've never had to like blood track never had to like track that. a deer it's in my dad has he now has switched over to a 450 bushmaster which okay. is not rifled because the casing is straight but it for all intent and purposes it's it's a rifle it shoots like 150 or 200 yards and that gun is notorious for absolutely blowing up the inside of a deer but the deer will run I don't know why, but they always run like 75 yards. Never fails. And when you gut it, there's nothing left on the inside. Everything is liquefied. Um, whereas buckshot, I don't know what it is about it, but when it just usually like you get one in the lungs, you get one in the liver, you get one here, you get one there, and deer drops right where it's at. So right. super effective for me. And honestly, yeah, it's easier to use. You can't really miss eight pellet. Well, you can. But you'd really have to yeah, try to exactly. miss a deer. Well, excuse me. Yeah, no worries. Okay. How long have you been using that gun? Uh, so a little bit about um, where I grew up and the culture of deer hunting in Michigan. Um, I got this gun for an eighth grade confirmation present. So as I um, professed my faith to the church, I got a gun as a gift for my uncle. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how how things work in in Millington. Um, it was a great gift. Oh, you're from Millington? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so I got a gun. So that's how long I've been using it. But I actually didn't shoot my first deer with that gun. I My first ever deer, I shot a 10-point. And then... Oh, so you're just... Well, we'll just wait. I, just a deer wait. never this, runs. The story first gets better. got... Um, I shot a 10 point and I was hunting with my dad because I was the youth. Well, it wasn't the youth hunt, but I was too young to hunt on my own. And, uh, he was down the fence line and I had my mom's flip phone. I didn't have my own cell phone yet. And I shot the deer and it dropped right there. And I jumped up and my dad jumped up and we look at each other and then I see him quick squat back down. And so I squat back down and I'm literally just sitting in a chair in a fence row. We both are. We're not even in a blind or anything. And an eight point walks out and stands over the body of this deer I just Your shot. Your dad drops it. Well, he, he doesn't have a gun. Oh. It's just me hunting right now. And so I text him on the flip phone with a, what's not QWERTY, but whatever, it's T9. T9 text, should I shoot it? And I can see my dad and I'm looking at him and I'm like, I can see him looking at his phone and he's not typing yet. And I'm like. Well, he might say no, and so I'm not going to take that chance. This is going to be a great story. And so I pull up and just, boom, drop the second one <laughs> right on top of the body of the first. <laughs> so my first two ever deer, I got a 10-point, and then not five minutes later, I got an 8-point 
And so that was... What did your dad do? My dad, I mean, he was like, yeah, that's what you should have done. He's like, I wasn't sure what to tell you. So I just, you know, and um, yeah, the, we, it was a it was a great day. I mean, it was, it got me a little bit of a, a little bit of like local fame, you know, between Boy, all my dad's also friends. gets you a little bit of deer crazy because now... Yeah. That kind of almost ruins it. That was the last buck like, I've shot. I have not shot a buck since. I've shot deer since. I've gotten does, but I have not shot a buck since that day. That so, is, that's funny. Yeah, I've I um I might have peaked a little too early, um in retrospect, but or hindsight. But it's what fun- can you do? It's funny because I'm actually looking at <clears throat> Winchester. Yeah, Brown sitting on your bookshelf. Oh right yeah. Now. Well, that case it's is funny because I've always glazed over them and saw the double A. I'm like, oh, those are batteries. <laughs> Nope, those are they shotgun bullets. I was like, Winchester doesn't make batteries. Actually, that's the eight point. Really? Yeah, the ten point is still at my childhood home. That's a full shoulder mount because it was my say, first you, deer. Yeah. So they got me that in that for my the shoulder mount and the antler mount for my birth or for Christmas that that's next incredible. year. So it's not huge, but I mean, They're not too much of a spread. That's probably like a twelve inch. Spread, yeah. But like, that was the smaller of them. Um, and the other ones, similar spread, but much taller. And obviously it's a 10 point. So right. even now, if that walked out, I don't know if I would shoot it. That's part of the reason I haven't got another buck is because I'm much more selective and I want to take only mature old bucks. That's part of just the sustainability of, yeah. of, yeah. I mean, I think the rules bend a little bit when you're shooting your first year compared to right, your, right. And so, I mean, the meat's all the same, but. We're trying to take old mature deer, which that was probably like a two year old deer. And I'm looking for like three and a half, four, four and a half year old deer now. So yeah, it kind of, that's you know kind of just part of it. That's crazy. When you, I look at that and I look at the same aged buck of like a mule deer and just how, oh, yeah. diff- how different it is. Yeah. It's crazy. Even elk or anything. It's like, well, not uh, Elk is a whole different category. I'm talking about like a mule deer. It's so much bigger. Oh, yeah. But then if you go to like Mexico or they're, yeah, they're so small. Or even like Maryland, like Sika deer. They're, I mean, the size of a big raccoon in Michigan. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. But then if you look at like mule deer out west. Fun fact I actually used to raise raccoons when I was younger. We had lots of raccoons. What did you do with them? Yeah, they were like pets. (laughs) Did you sell them or just you just had them? Yeah, we just had them. And then we'd. We'd rescue them, like mom, dad hit hit on the road, little babies on the side of the road, mm. and then we'd get them up to interesting, um, um, a sustainable age, and then we'd release them, release them into a sanctuary. So, um, my childhood was much different because I, we spent our time shooting raccoons. Well, I, I would shoot raccoons if they were sick. <clears throat> okay. Um. And I would shoot like woodchucks and mm-hmm. um, muskrats and stuff like that that were yeah. rummaging um, the pond. Or we had chickens and stuff, so yeah, anything that was getting into the chicken coop. But yeah, we we raised sweet corn, and they would ravage sweet corn. So we would live trap them and then shoot them. Yeah, we would live trap them and then drive twenty miles away. Gotcha. Yeah. No. If we could, we unless were if they were savages. unless they were we savages and, and, yeah. and rabies. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Just different. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully this year I get a deer, um, and hopefully this year you go with me hunting. Oh, that it's, it's happening. I I, I think we're past okay. the okay. stage. Like okay. I'm, I'm about it. I think Good. it'd be really cool. Glad, glad to hear that. 
So you know, it's it's actually funny. Um, the guy that I I texted my dad about it's a security guard I work with, and he was pulling up our property on Onyx. Nice. Um, and he was like, "Oh, dude, this stuff's sick." He yeah. Like, he t- he typed in uh, my dad's name and like a bunch of properties showed up because my dad owns a lot of rental properties. Uh. He's like, "This isn't what? What are you talking about?" And I was like, "No, no, no that ain't it. That ain't it either. No, nope. that ain't it. Either. Not that one." It says, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. And it was like, oh, it, was, right, right. I, I, it was like crazy to see. <laughs> uh, it was funny. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I use Onyx as well, which yeah, is. Onyx is great. Uh, the beautiful thing is we wouldn't need to use it because I know the, the property, property like inside that now. Literal back yeah. of my hand. Yeah. No, and that's a great. As a kid, I used to like ravage the property with golf carts and go karts and dirt bikes <laughs> and stuff. And now that hasn't been touched. It was like. Deer probably just hanging out. We see there. deer less than a hundred yards from my house just yeah. out in our lawn yeah my um dad has we call it his petting zoo because he has he has a few different properties they're home he's a bird feeder and he'll like throw some corn under it yep, or whatever same. and he'll have like 10 deer under there and it's like and then he has on the other property they'll become right up into the yard as well and it's like it's just hilarious because He's oh, yeah. he's gone from being like a big hunter. I mean, he he always kills bucks. He doesn't really shoot a lot of does. Um, to now, just essentially, he's just raising deer. Well, yeah, like my property, uh, right near my house. I'm talking like I could spit out of a window <laughs> and and hit a deer because they bed everywhere. Okay, you see all these beds. Yeah. I remember I used to have this video from an old camcorder. And like I, I screamed. I went ah, and like you saw probably <laughs> twenty scurrying. deer, literally twenty deer, all move That's like this funny. brown mass. Um, and then I went and I was like, Crocky, look at here, we see a bunch of deer. <laughs> and I was like a tiny. It was funny, dude. That's funny. Um, but like they bed and they annihilate my mom's rhododendron bushes. Yeah, and like our cedar tree, up to a certain height. Like all mm-hmm. of my mom's gardens are just annihilated up to like five feet tall. Um, and all the rhododendron bushes are just annihilated. Take them out. Yeah. So Let's they're so out. close. Let's take a couple out. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's um, pretty much it for us on hunting today. Um, didn't really get into a, too much, but just kind of, uh, you know, sharing some of our thoughts. And so hopefully, not hopefully. For sure, me and Devin are going to go out hunting. And uh, we'll be sure to have lots of stories to tell because I don't know too many people who go out and shoot deer and don't have a story to tell afterwards, even if it's... They're doing it wrong. Even if it's exaggerated and not actually what happened, they for sure have a story, so... Yeah, if they don't have a story, they're doing it wrong. <coughs> right, There's just no questions exactly. if Ann's about to buy sure. it. That's what, it's, that's what it is. For sure. I mean, no story is going to top your previous hunting story i'm gonna keep chasing chasing it just in case i mean that's hilarious that you dropped two deer within centimeters of each other just right on top (laughs) of each other he went out to check on his buddy and just (laughs) i guess they did end up meeting up but (laughs) (laughs) um yeah freezer well thanks for listening guys um we are gonna um now that my vacations are all done we're gonna try to start putting out a little bit more content to you guys on social media maybe kick up a, a tiktok account um do some of that stuff until my vacations start 
Right. Right. Until Devin, all of a sudden his busy time of year comes. So, um, keep an eye out for that. We appreciate all you guys that are, are still with us listening and, um, yeah, let us know what you guys want to hear. Um, send us an email, send us an Instagram DM, whatever, follow us at the around the campfire podcast. And, uh, until next week. Yeah. And it, it make sure to tune in next week. Uh, yes. Cause I think we'll probably touch on hunting maybe one more time. I know yeah. Seth might want to talk a couple of things. I think maybe we're going to talk some spooky stories. Yes. Um, and speaking of spooky stories, Seth has a, mm. uh, a story about like a zombified polar bear. Yeah. That had some cow somehow yeah. crossed an ice bridge while you were hunting it, or something. It's something it's, it, yeah, it was like CWD chronic waste disease, but like the, I don't know the North pole version of that, which is spooky. Yeah. Like crossbred with the tree for, or the wood frog. It was something, it, it was crazy. I'll look into, I'll make sure I get all the details correct before we retell it. But that was another one of those instances where, you know, I thought this is it, you know, life flashed. And right. so, yeah, you're going to want to tune in to hear that one next week for sure. Doozy. It is crazy. So thanks again for listening guys. And, uh, We'll We'll see see you next week. week.